It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one. Four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, November thirteenth, two 2014. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Welcome Jacob, back. Jacob, great to be with you. Looking forward to our study tonight. We kept the seat open for you. Glad that you're back with us and looking forward to the discussion and... It's going to be sort of a random discussion tonight. I don't see a lot of uh, connection. Well, the first two do have connections with the Catholic Church, but the topics themselves are somewhat random. Yeah, we got we, we picked up some items out of the news that I thought really kind of interesting. They all have connection to biblical truths that need to be discussed. So we're gonna we're gonna dive into that. We sent out an email earlier today to our update list and told you about these topics and started seeking feedback from our listeners. Uh, uh, if you're not on our update list, uh, by all means, you can be by simply sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Say, put me on the list or add me to the list. Just put that in the subject line. It's all you need to do, and we'll get you on there. Uh, earlier today, we suggested we wanted to talk about several items recently in the news. First off, Jacob, yes, Pope Francis recently came out in support of the Big Bang Theory and theistic evolution. Unbelievable. Yeah, uh, we'll read a little bit about that in a minute. So we're gonna, we want to ask, what do you think about the Big Bang and what do you think about theistic evolution? Secondly, the Catholic Church has seen an increase in demand for exorcisms. What's your thought about demon possession? Sounds like the Pope may need one. Maybe. Okay. And then finally, this was in the news, uh, quite a bit of talk in the news about a young lady named Brittany Maynard. Uh, she was a 29-year-old California woman with terminal brain cancer, and she recently ended her life uh, by uh, intentional uh, by intentionally taking drugs that would would end her life so that she could end her suffering. She claimed she had the right to die with dignity. Okay. So, what are your thoughts about someone ending their life in that fashion in, in a case like that, a terminal illness? And then, of course, that's going to bring up the question of suicide in general. I don't know. We've ever, have we ever talked about that on the Virgin Bible study? Uh, we may have touched on it, um, but yeah, that, that'll be got to be a good a good topic. I think. Yeah, I think I've got an example of someone in the in the Bible who did follow the same course of action that Brittany Maynard did. There's more than one. Okay. Yeah, there's several examples of okay. suicide, and we'll 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 mention those when we get to that part of our study. Well, even the idea of dying with dignity. I think we've got a direct, almost a direct parallel on that. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go to this. Uh, let's go to this first thing about the Pope who has come out in favor of the Big Bang Theory yeah, and was, uh, theistic evolution. Tell us about that. Okay. Here's 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 uh, an article. Uh, this was out of USA Today, Vatican City. Uh, Pope Francis has waded into the controversial debate over the origins of human life, saying the Big Bang Theory does not contradict the role of a divine creator, but even required it. I won't read all this, but here's a few of his own words. He said, quote, when we read about creation in Genesis, we run the risk of imagining God was a magician with a magic wand able to do everything. But that is not so. Unbelievable. Now, dwell on that statement for a minute. When you read about creation in Genesis, there is this risk. He says, we run the risk of imagining God was a magician with a magic wand able to do everything, but that is not so. Now, so God, could, so I, God can't do everything. Yeah, if you take, if you were to take this account of, of creation literally, that God could speak the world into existence, you'd have a too grand of an idea. Of That's too of big God. for God. Yeah, too, he too, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he goes on. He says, God is not a divine being or a magician, but the Creator who brought everything to life. 
Evolution is nature, uh, excuse me, evolution in nature is not inconsistent with the notion of creation because evolution requires the creation of beings that evolve. Uh, that was from USA Today. Uh, and then I got another article here. This is from the, the UK Independent, but basically the same quotes. God created human beings and let them develop according to the internal laws that he gave to each one so they would reach their fulfillment. Uh, The Big Bang, which today we hold to be the origin of the world, does not contradict the intervention of the divine creator, but rather requires it. Unbelievable. So that's where he is on that. Uh, It brings up one question that I think that Catholics would have to answer, and that is the idea of papal infallibility. What about all the popes in the past who have vehemently denied Hey, that's evolution? a good point. That's were good they point. wrong or were they right? And is Pope Francis wrong or is he right? One of them, somebody has to be fallible here. <laughs> yeah, because the Catholic Church has traditionally strongly stood against the things that he's espousing yeah. now. So somebody's wrong. Right. Huh, very interesting thought there, Jacob. I hadn't really considered it. Right. Well, I think all of our listeners understand what what the big bang is mm-hmm. supposedly that to me the whole idea is just i can't even fathom it but the idea the big bang alleges that some 20 billion years ago mm-hmm. all of the matter in the known universe was compressed into a microscopic cosmic egg uh, uh one writer put it this way Astonishingly, scientists now calculate that everything in this vast universe grew out of a region many billions of times smaller than a single proton, one of the atom's basic particles. So everything in the universe supposedly was compressed into a point, he says, billions of times smaller (laughs) than one of the, than a single atom's basic Particle, which is a proton. How could that be? How could you get billions of times smaller than that? How could you, if a proton is this big, how many untold zillions of protons are there in the universe? If one of them is this big, how could you get all of them into a space billions of times smaller than one of them? Am I missing something here? Professing themselves to be wise, they have become fools, I believe. Is that just incredible? But anyway... The idea was that it became so tightly compressed, as you can imagine, it had to go <laughs> somewhere. There was there a lot of heat and, uh, and it exploded. They said, we've got to get out of here. It exploded yeah. in, in, in an incredibly big bang. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what's wrong with this theory? Uh, first of all, where did the matter come from? Even if, it, if, even if it's conceivable <clears throat> that you could compress the matter that much, where did the matter come from? Which, of course, is the big issue that they can't answer. Guest 826 uh, references Stephen Hawking, who calls it a singularity. But he does not know what a singularity is composed of. So yeah. he admits he has no idea. No answer. Uh, here's a quote from uh, Professor Victor Sting- Stinger of the University of Hawaii. He says, the universe is probably the result of a random quantum fluctuation in a spaceless, timeless void. The earth and humanity are not conscious creations, but an accident. It is not sufficient merely to say you can't get something from nothing. While everyday experience and common sense seem to support this (laughs) principle, if there's anything that we have learned from 20th century physics, it's this. Common sense is often wrong, and our normal experiences are but a tiny fraction of reality. (laughs) Did Did you hear what he said there? Now, he says, common sense, everyday experience and common sense says you can't get something from nothing. But in physics, we've learned you have to throw common sense and experience out the window, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, so what, what, what do you think about the Big Bang? Uh, we got some comments yep. there. In the, uh, Mike in the chat room says, has there ever been another time when chaos begat order, any order? Much less the type of order we see today. When I see the path of a tor- uh, path, uh, when I see the path a tornado leaves, I see destruction. I don't see brand new buildings and houses being left in the wake of a tornado. I think that's exactly right, Mike. I had a note from another uh, author who said uh, the Big Bang scenario speculates that the marvelously ordered universe randomly resulted from a gigantic explosion. 
Now he's, he's, he goes on and says, think about it. Would an explosion in a, pres- in a print shop produce an encyclopedia? He mentions a tornado. Would a tornado sweeping through a junkyard assemble a, a, a jetliner? Um, would a building contra- a contractor simply dump his materials on a vacant lot? Throw in a stick of dynamite and wait for a completed home from the resulting explosion. <laughs> right. You know, but that's what they want us to believe. Yeah. Here's this marvelously ordered. Did you did you hear in the news this week, Jacob, that the European Space Agency launched a probe toward an, an uh, comet mm-hmm. ten years ago? Mm. It and and they landed a probe on that uh, comet yesterday or day before. Took them ten years to get. Now, how am I going to shoot this rocket from here and land on that comet ten years from now? Yeah, yeah. And everything's everything's moving. You, how, have, you have enough trouble hitting a bird that's going to be where it, you know a second from now. Yeah, that's right. So, but think about that. Yeah. Why could you do that? Yeah. Because the universe is amazingly ordered. There's laws in place. There's laws in place. Everything functions in in regularity and 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 constancy. That's not what you get from an explosion. No. And you have, and those who believe in this idea of Big Bang, those laws that are in place that work so perfectly and precisely, all of those laws developed by chance. Not just one of them, the law of gravity. That that didn't just happen by chance. Everything happened by E equals MC squared. Uh, bodies in motion want to stay in motion. All of these all the laws, laws of physics. Everything that you see, every law you see, Happened by chance, and it happened simultaneously at chance, by ch- at chance yeah. at the same time. And you go, you go on these big, these big sc- scales. Get down all the way down to the fall- smallest scales you can get. The whole atomic uh, t- periodic table, all the elements we have, those happened by chance simultaneously yeah. during this big explosion. Yeah, it wasn't just one thing, one phenomenal, uh, astronomically r- random thing happening by chance. All of these things happened simultaneously. You just the, the the odds of that happening can't be computed. They're so infinite. Yeah. Uh, another author said, if the universe started with an explosion, one would expect that all matter and energy would have been propelled radially from the explosion center, uh-huh. uh, consistent with the principle of angular momentum. It would not be expected that the universe would be characterized by curving and orbiting motions that are commonly observed. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. If that's the strongest argument. But how did you know? If if you if you have an explosion at a point source, everything goes away from that in straight lines and in, in uh, uh, radially out from the center, rather than what all the, all the information that we gather from telescopes, both Earth-based and satellite-based telescopes, show us just all random curving uh, functions in the universe. That may not be the strongest case. Somebody could argue how that could happen, but that's an interesting question. Jeff in the chat uh, Jeff is not in the chat room tonight. Jeff is in person. Jeff has been a long time since you've been here, but uh, good to have you back, and you have a comment. Yes, uh, I was talking about how um, in the chat room about, you know, we were talking about this explosion, and I remember seeing a couple of years ago that there was this big explosion that happened in Texas um, where, you know, that there was this fertilizer place that, you know, it caught on fire, and then people had caught a video of it, and it was a it was one of the biggest explosions I've ever seen. But the only thing that resulted is a lot of black smoke and a lot of scariness. And yeah, nothing good came from it. They, you know? it, it, it if if I told you, Jeff, hey, there was an explosion uptown, I wouldn't have to tell you anymore. You know, that's a bad thing, right? You wouldn't say, oh wow, something good happened, maybe. No, you something wouldn't. Destroyed. Something was destroyed. Uh, Christina in the chat room says, I was stunned by the Pope's assertion that God is not a divine being. Did, did he make that assertion? I didn't catch that, okay. but that may be. She says, uh, the very definition of divine is from, of, from, or like God or, or a God. So is the Pope saying that God is not like God? Seriously? Well, I don't know if he had, if he said that or not. It, I didn't catch that, but, but, it, but regardless, he said that. There are some crazy things coming he, out from the Pope lately. But but in, in in his many words, he said that God yeah. is not God. Doesn't can't do everything because he can't do everything. Yeah. So yeah. he can't be. He's not a divine being. Thank you, Christina, for that comment. We got a couple more observations uh, about the Big Bang. Let's take a quick break and come back and let's wrap up this about the Big Bang. Talk about theistic evolution. All right, we'll take a break and we'll take your comments. The toll free line is open eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. 
Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Hi, I'm Jack Coleman, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a suggestion for you and your family. Why not turn off the TV on Thursday nights and gather the family around the computer for an hour of in-depth Bible study? The virtual Bible study always involves subjects of importance and interest to serious Bible students. So, why not join this Internet Bible study group every Thursday night? Here's some quotes worth pondering. A happy family is but an earlier heaven. As a well-spent day brings happy sleep, so a life well-spent brings happy death. Dig the well before you're thirsty. No man for any considerable time can show one face to himself and another to the multitude without finally becoming bewildered as to which may be the true self. Great works are accomplished not by strength but by perseverance. Man, wish I'd said that. Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program tonight talking about various things that have been in the news. Uh, First some up, of them, out, some of them coming out of the Catholic Church and even out of the mouth of the Pope. Uh, far he, out said, he says the he said, didn't he say that the, the God is not a magician with a magic wand able to do everything? That's just not so. He said God's not able to do everything. So that's I guess since he thinks God not able to do anything, that's why he had to start things in a process like the Big Bang, and that's how about, he, about as good as he could do, the, as good as he could get it done. And then he's going to have to use evolution to get things Finish to where where he wants them. But we're, yeah. we're going to get to that in a minute. But Jacob, maybe you have heard that uh, scientists have been measuring background microwave radiation coming from all parts of the universe. <clears throat> And they believe that this is the the leftover heat from the original Big Bang. Mm-hmm. In other words, they they are able to de- detect waves way out there at the edges of the universe, you know, mm-hmm. and, and radiation from them. And they say, there you go, that's proof of the Big Bang. Mm-hmm. We can see the aftermath of the Big Bang. Now, remember, the Big Bang, by their theory, happened 20 billion years ago. Yeah. But uh, here's here's some answers to that. If any Christian's ever been challenged by those claims, okay. uh, first of all, the temper the temperature differential that they're supposedly detecting out there on the fringes of the universe only about thirty millionths of one degree. Whoa! Uh, and there are other explanations as to how that might be. One of them is that the scientists involved in the project taking those measurements question whether their instruments are sensitive enough to warrant the conclusions being drawn. You'd have to have some pretty sensitive instruments to to pick up uh, 30 millionths of a degree. Yeah. Well, there is a bias in the scientific community uh, against God and a desire to prove that he doesn't exist and to prove this theory of, big, of the Big Bang. And so they will take any uh, little hint of data that they can, and to support it, they will interpret it in such a way that is favorable to their theory, but it still remains a theory. It cannot be proven, and it is a false theory. You know, the I think the big problem is scientists are going to promote this because, as you say, there's they have a bias toward it. The, I think the problem is when Christians feel a compulsion to to accommodate yeah. these unfounded, unproven scientific claims. Yes. You know, there have been other claims about origins uh, uh, in, in the past uh, that have been discarded. Yes. They were the scientific thinking of the day. Yeah, we crawled out of the Nile River in Egypt. All kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, and so it's really troubling when when so-called Christians want to compromise with these false unproven scientific theories. Uh, And they begin to put the scientist on a greater plane than God's word. Here's a quote from a professor at Abilene Christian University. Now, that's a, his name is Arlie Hoover. Uh, He's a professor at Abilene. That, that university has historically been associated with churches of Christ, typically very liberal churches of Christ. Uh, But here's what he says. It is entirely possible, though not at all firmly established, that God used a Big Bang as his method of creation. You cannot affirm it as as a certainty, but neither can you deny it completely. The Bible does not specify how God did it. We are left to choose the hypothesis that seems to have the best supporting material. 
Nothing in biblical doctrine excludes the Big Bang. I disagree. Absolutely. But that's what I said. But here's so now that's what people on the so called Christian side of the argument are trying to espouse. But here's what scientists say. This guy, this is a man named Paul Steele, an astronomer. He said, no astronomer would ever think of the Big Bang as the creation event of Genesis. The Big Bang was invented specifically for the purpose of doing away with the creation event. An astronomer would laugh at the nativity of anyone who chose to equate the two events. Wow. So the scientist says we came up with a theory because we didn't want to believe in God. And you Christians are getting down on our level you got no you got no business here. Yeah, that's right. Exactly and, right. And, and you know the problem is when when Christians do try and compromise, it puts them in a worse place than the scientists do because now not only do they have to explain the Big Bang, they also have to explain God. Yeah. And we feel it's it's much easier to explain God than it is the Big Bang. But now the Christian who wants to compromise has to do both. Yeah. What What are some of the problems with the Big Bang? Real quickly, we got to move on. But one of the great problems is the Big Bang. Big Bang time. Frame is 20 billion years the, the, that the universe began 20 billion years ago. The, the biblical time frame is that the universe yeah. began on, on the order of several thousand years ago, yeah. S- something less than 10,000 years ago, probably more like 6,000 years mm-hmm. ago. So that's one of the big problems. How are you going to accommodate that? I just, I just don't think you can. Here's something else interesting, Jacob. The Big Bang theory allows that the sun was formed before the earth. Uh, uh, th- there have been various theories about these things, the planetismal theory, the nebular theory, the dust cloud theory, but they all have one thing in common, and that is that the earth is the newcomer compared to the sun. The sun formed first, then things began to coalesce around the sun, and, and finally uh, the hot gas has cooled off enough that Solids formed, and here was Earth, but the sun was there first. That's not what Genesis 1 says. Genesis 1 says the Earth was first, um, and then the sun. In fact, it says the Earth was first, and the stars came after the – all the stars came after the Earth. Yeah. Uh, The Big Bang Theory supposes that the universe started with a chaotic explosion, which proceeded toward order, as we were talking about earlier. The Bible teaches just the opposite. God created the universe – as a beautiful, orderly masterpiece, everything was good, remember? The last verse of Genesis 1 says, mm-hmm. and things have be, been degenerating since then. Not not increasing in in complexity and order, but decreasing in complexity and order. entropy and enthalpy have not been increasing, but decreasing. Uh, or uh, Sorry, in, entra- entropy is, uh, increasing. Is, is increasing. Disorderliness yeah. is yeah. increasing. That's right. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Christina in the chat room does uh, reference something she saw in the USA Today. I have verified uh, that this quote is being attributed to the Pope. God is not a divine being or a magician, but the creator who brought everything to life. Oh, yeah, I got that. You you are right, Christina, because that is in this quote that I had highlighted in this article from uh, this is from uh, it is from USA Today. God is not a divine being or a magician. But the creator who brought everything to life. What is God? Who is God if he's not a divine being? Yeah, that's that, that's really I, incredible. I wish that we... That just, that, you got to admit, that is totally incredible. It's been some time since we had Patrick from Birmingham in the chat room who is, is a Catholic. I'd like to, I'd like the Catholic's take on that. That That's that's phenomenal. I don't know how you stomach that. Quickly, let, let us get a couple of emails in here, and then we got to move on. Uh, we're not going to get done tonight. Um Ramona in Texas said, I think science played a part in the evolution, but God created science and through it God's creation happened just as the Bible says. I know you will get me on this, smiley face. Uh, another thought on the Big Bang. If God didn't create the universe but there was a Big Bang, who started the Big Bang? Scientists have no answer for that. I think that's right. Uh, we'll talk in a minute about evolution. There's, there's clearly some types of evolution that do happen on Earth, but not the general theory of evolution as is taught uh, in our schools and so forth. Okay. Chris in the U.K. sent in a long uh, poem, kind of interesting. I don't have time to read it all, but talking about a young fellow in school who was trying to figure out where he came from and finally found the answers in Genesis 1. And Chris is suffering with a broken metatarsal bone in his right foot. Get Sorry well, to hear Chris. about that, Chris. He said, he goes on to say, uh, what banged if nothing caused the universe to burst into being? 
did at a moment for one point uh, uh, call one uh, did one other. One utterance did life come forth in subsequent days, suns, stars, planets, and other astronomical wonders, not from billions of years, but mere days and thousands of years past. If Genesis 1 is wrong, how can we trust the rest? That's right. And he quotes Hebrews 11.3, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. All right. All right. Very good. Thank and you I got this. something here real quickly. We got something from Randy in Michigan. Let me see what he says uh, on the Big Bang. He says uh, um, the Big Bang Theory is a lie. If the Big Bang Theory were true, then mankind has no hope. It's all over. I'm very happy that it is not. All right. That is that is absolutely true. Thank you, Randy. If the Big Bang occurred, take your Bible, throw it in the trash can, forget you ever knew anything about God, because the two are not compatible. God did not use the Big Bang Theory. If he did, he's a liar, and he does not need to be served. Yeah. You know, uh, concentrate. I, th- this is kind of a new thing that 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 came to mind on on the order of creation. Big Bang would say the stars were formed, the planets were formed l- much later, yeah. and that's not the way Genesis one is written. Can't. Genesis one absolutely makes the Big Bang theory impossible. Cannot be harmonized. All right. Uh, what about theistic evolution? Now, as we read there, the Pope was saying that. Uh, the evolution uh, is in nature is not inconsistent with the notion of creation because evolution requires the creation of beings that evolve. Uh, you got to be a little bit careful there because as we've talked about evolution, Jacob, on the program before, clearly there are some types of evolution that are incur- that are occurring. Evolution within species, we call it specific evolution. Right. We know that we know that there are changes. For instance, you know, dog. You, you can get a dog with a longer tail and shorter ears, yeah. but he's still a dog. He hasn't yeah. turned into a cat. He didn't turn into a cow. Yeah. He's still a cat. But change within species does happen over time. You know, uh, Darwin's famous finches on the Galapagos Islands. You know. They're still birds. Some of them had bigger beaks than others. Yep. You know, uh, I was reading some about that recently, and birds develop bigger, tougher beaks when climatological conditions caused the nuts that they were breaking open to be harder or softer. Yeah. When the nuts were softer because of the kind of rainfall they'd received, yeah. birds didn't need as thick of beaks to bust them open, so their beaks yeah. kind of were less pronounced. When when it was harsh drought type conditions and the nuts were really hard, their beaks got tougher. But they were still finch. They were not just still birds. They were still finches. Yeah. Uh, and so um, we, we, I've got we, I've got I've got four different varieties of peaches in my backyard, and all of those, if you were to trace their ancestry back, probably came from one uh, one peach tree. And uh, they have changed with the help of man's uh, with man's uh, breeding and so forth. Uh, they've changed. Uh, that happens, but I, they're still peaches. They're not watermelons. That's right. And and to argue, uh, anyone to argue that God used the evolutionary process to bring things to their current state just simply has no confidence at all in, in the record of Genesis chapter 1. There there have not been the evolution of species. Yeah. There's evolution within species. We're not denying that specific evolution. We deny the general theory of evolution. And so, Christians, when you hear the news, the scientists uh, touting very uh, authoritatively that they have proven that the Big Bang has occurred, and that evolution has occurred and is the reason why we see things that, the way they are today. There is no reason to believe them. They have an agenda, as you referenced earlier. You referenced that quote, that they developed the theory because they don't want to believe in God. Do not compromise. Do not have your faith shaken. It is, uh, it is an effort by those who do not want to believe in God. Try very desperately to prove that he doesn't exist. Yeah. Here's, a, here's another answer from Chris in England. He says... Uh, what came first, man or death or sin, as that brings death? Here's a quote he says from Stephen Jay Gould of Harvard University. Quote, the notion of species as natural kinds fits splendidly with the creationist tenets of a pre-Darwinian age. Um, some have argued, uh, I'm not sure, I'm, uh, I'm not following that quote. But here he says, every creature was given the ability to reproduce after its own kind as stated ten times in Genesis 1. Dogs do not produce cats, neither do cats and dogs have a common ancestry. Dogs began as dogs and are still dogs. The, the, uh, 
every species from Chihuahuas to St. Bernard's, but you will not find uh, a a dat or a cog. He's, he's kind of blending between dog and cat there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, part cat. You don't find a part cat, part dog throughout God's creations. Frogs don't produce oysters. Cows don't have lambs. Pregnant pigs don't give birth to rabbits. God made monkeys as monkeys and man as man. Each creature brings forth after his own kind. That's no theory. That's a fact. Amen. Uh, and he quotes Genesis 1, 24 through 25. All right. We're going to take a break, get this week's bullet point, and then when we get back, we'll get into a discussion about exorcisms. Well, the Catholic Church has seen an increase in the demand for these. What's going on there? You think we can be demon-possessed today? Do we need exorcisms today? Let us know your thoughts. 877-381-4567. We can continue right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. A tired and discouraged Elijah proclaimed to God, I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. That's from 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 10. We remember the famous story when Jezebel was seeking his life. He was wrong, of course. The Lord explained that he still had 7,000 who remained true and faithful. But what if Elijah had been right? What if he really was the last remaining faithful servant of God in all the earth? Two things seem clear. First, he could not have used this as an excuse to give up, to surrender, to stop doing the will of God. And secondly... The urgency of his work would have been even greater. The need for his proclamation of God's word would have been even more pressing. There's a lesson here for us. Have you ever felt like you were alone in your stand for truth? Has it seemed like no one else was committed to doing what was right? If so, you should take heart in knowing that there are many others who share your convictions and dedication. You are not alone. As in Elijah's day, God knows and has an accurate count of all those who are faithfully living for him. But even if you were the last faithful Christian in all the world, you would still need to work hard to teach and practice the will of God. This would not be an excuse for you to give up or to surrender in your service for Him. In fact, your work would be even more important than ever. If all men were to let us down and we truly stood alone, we would still have this promise from God, quote, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And our reaction to this truth should be, quote, boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. That's from Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. Christian, you are not alone. You have a host of faithful brethren who stand with you, and you have the almighty God of heaven to support you. Stand fast. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I am Nestor Sanchez from Arica, Chile, in South America. And I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And this moment, I invite you to participate in this program, too. Gracias. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The virtual Bible study. Take it away, guys. Back on the program tonight, we want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. And if you're listening to us in the podcast version, we welcome your comments at any time. Questions at collegeview.com is the way you get a hold of us. Maybe you don't have a question or comment. Just let us know you're out there. Send us an email. Tell us where you are. Questions at collegeview.com. Um, I had one last comment an uh, email from Randy in Michigan about theistic evolution. He said, Jehovah, our God created the heavens and the earth in six 24-hour days. To say God created the heavens and the earth by theistic evolution is to call our God a liar. If Amen. anyone if anyone wants me to believe in theistic evolution, they'll have to prove it. You can't prove something to be true if it is lie. You know, every argument we make against atheistic evolution is typically an argument you can make against theistic evolution. You know, we, we talk about, you know, oh, oh, well, as we've studied evolution on the virtual Bible study many times, every argument you make about it is an argument Against theistic evolution too. The only the only thing it solves is the, the the idea that matter is not eternal. That's the only thing that believing in theistic evolution buys you over atheistic evolution, and it simply is not so. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go on. We're going to move on. Another issue uh, involving news about the Catholic Church is that the Catholic Church has seen a big increase in the demand for exorcisms. Mm-hmm. Let me read an article to you out of the International Business Times. I don't know why the International Business Times would be dealing with this, but they did. It is international, but yeah. not too much business. I don't Here, know. The Catholic Church is big business. I won't business. read this whole article. Let me give you a few highlights out of this. Uh, there's been a great, there's been a greater demand for people to call and talk to exorcists, says Father Vince Lambert, an exorcist for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. Uh, 
He is one of 50 Vatican-trained exorcists in the U.S. From a faith perspective, it may seem like the devil has upped his game, so to speak. I don't think the devil has upped his game, but more people are inclined to play that game. Uh, in late October, the International Association of Exorcists held a conference on the impact of, of the occult and Satanism. A spokesman for the 300-member organization warned, quote, extraordinary, there's an extraordinary increase in demonic activity. Demonic possession, it goes on and says, demonic possession is a possibility. It could happen, but it's rare. Mm. Uh, that's this uh, Catholic priest from Indianapolis. Uh, adding that he has seen full-blown demonic possession in his diocese once every three to four years. Wow! So, so in so Indianapolis, not all that rare. That might be a reason to move out of Indianapolis. If, or, or, I mean, if that's happening that often in Indianapolis, Mike's living in Evansville, that, Indiana. That might still be a little too close. I don't know. No, no, Mike's in Ohio. Like no, Mike is in Evansville. But, oh, oh, Mike. Oh, the, uh, the other Mike. Okay, yeah, the other okay, Mike. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah I don't yeah. know. Ohio is pretty yeah, close Mike, too. We got a Mike know. from we got a Mike from Ohio and a Mike from Evansville too. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Uh, here's he says uh, he goes on to tell how this how they do this. I thought it was kind of interesting. If a person is deemed to be demonically possessed, an exorcism takes place. The right place, the the right takes place on sacred ground, mm. usually on church property during the day. So church property is sacred ground, I guess. Yeah, and you want to do this in the daytime, not in the dark. Uh, yeah. Lambert invites one or two family members of the person he's praying for. He also can invite fellow priest and his assistant, depending on the situation. Quote: No one should make eye contact with the troubled person except the priest himself. Lambert said, explaining that the demon usually looks for the weakest link in the room. <laughs> People are there to pray, not out of curiosity. It's not a spectator sport. On the day of an exorcism, Lambert will fast, go to confession, attend Mass. This prepares him for the spiritual work he has ahead. The exorcism itself is a set of prayers that last about 30 minutes. The exorcist begins with supplicating prayers, asking God to help him, followed by imperative prayers which command the demon to leave. The priest wears a purple stole holding a crucifix and holy water. Now, Lambert says he's witnessed everything from people's eyes rolling to the back of their heads to foaming at the mouth, growling, and body contortions. Mm. I want to know something. Mm-hmm. Where do I read that in the in the New Testament? I don't know. You know, uh, that I need a purple stole. Yeah. I need to hold a crucifix in holy water, whatever that is. Yeah, I, Jesus uh, says, well, back when they were cast out demons, Jesus didn't say this kind only comes out with the purple stole and the holy water. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't uh, read that, I don't think. What about demon possession? What do we think about demon possession? Uh, any thoughts on that? John Duvall's in the chat room. Uh, John's yeah. from Oklahoma. He does the Scriptural Way broadcast on Tuesday night, scripturalway.org. That's right. I'm, yep, I'm saying that there right. You got it. Uh, he says it sounds like it would be interesting to go along for a ride just to observe the whole process. Nope, it's not a spectator sport, John. Yeah, John, he said it's not a spectator yeah. sport. But you know what? I do think there's some value that I, I haven't mentioned that in the past, I don't think. But I do think it's good for Christians to go sometimes to a faith healing rally or something just to see the pretense and the charlatry that goes on at such events. It's, it's really amazing. And, and I think, you know, you really, once you've seen all of that foolishness, you, you get a better sense of how unbiblical it really is. Okay. But to the exorcism, uh, Travis in the chat room says, and he asks, uh, he recites Mark 5, 9 and 10. He asked him, what is thy name? He answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. So there were certainly demons in yes. the first century. I think that's I think that's the key. Uh, we're not denying uh, that demons did possess people in the first century. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we some have tried to suggest that demon possession was just a way that those uneducated people two thousand years ago explained away things that they couldn't understand. For instance. Epilepsy. You know, they, they they didn't understand epilepsy and they didn't know the causes of it. And so in their in their ignorance, they assigned that to a demon mm-hmm. uh, and and that sort of helped them understand what was going on, although it was just a, a faulty explanation. The problem with that explanation is if that's so and Jesus knew it, then Jesus was also. Uh, a liar and a pretender because he played on that. If that was just a silly superstition of uneducated people, 
how are you going to answer that Jesus acknowledges the reality of demon possession, cast demons out, if he was just playing on their ignorance and their superstitions, what kind of a person would he be? Mm-hmm. Now, that, that, that explanation fails miserably, okay. I think. All right. What about it? Are there demon possess, possessions today? I recently heard a preacher say he didn't know. He didn't know if there were demon possessions, uh, people possessed with demons today. Really? Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Well, again, we know that they, they did take place in New Testament times and that through the power of the Holy Spirit, one of the miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit was the ability to cast out demons. Mm-hmm. Jesus gave that power to his disciples. And in Mark 16, Jesus said, uh, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So there were the, these miraculous signs, and among the miraculous signs was the ability to cast out demons. Yeah. Those signs were for a purpose. Verse 20, Mark chapter 16, verse 20, they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. So all of the miracles, including the ability to cast out demons, were spiritual gifts given in the first century to the followers of Christ. And so if that is the case, then we'd have to conclude, based on passages like 1 Corinthians 13, that if there are still demons today, then there's no one who could who could cast them out. I think that's exactly right. Okay. And, and, and Mike in Ohio, I'm sorry I had confused the two mics. Mike in Ohio, uh, I think, makes a good argument from Zechariah chapter 13, mm-hmm. verse 3, uh, in which I think the end it's of... It's actually verse 2. Okay. Actually, it teaches that the miraculous age would end, and so would demon possession. Okay. Um, in Zechariah 13, beginning verse 1, In that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. What's that talking about? That's come, the, the uh, coming, Christian dispensation. That coming of Christ, the, the, the plan of salvation mm-hmm. that was established through his sacrificial death. Mm-hmm. Then it goes on, and it shall come to pass in that day, in other words, in that day when that happens, in that time frame, saith the Lord of hosts, I will cut off the names of the idols out of the land, and they shall no more be remembered, and I will also cause the prophets and the unclean spirit to pass out of the land. So God was going to do away with the prophets, miraculous spiritual gifts, and he was going to do away with demon possession. First Corinthians chapter 13 tells us when that would occur, when that which is perfect has come, that which yeah. is in part will be done away. Yeah. So. Really, all of the all of the arguments that we make about the end of the miraculous age, right? And, and you know, we, we we've talked about that many times. Uh, we've talked about the fact that miracles served a purpose. When the purpose was fulfilled, the miracles would be taken away. We've talked about First Corinthians thirteen that specifies the time in which miracles would end. Uh, and we've also talked about the fact that. The means of receiving spiritual gifts are no longer available to people today. All of the arguments that say that miracles have ended, miracles including the ability to cast out demons, would be arguments that would say demon possession must be gone as well because God would not leave a situation in which a person could be possessed with a demon and no hope of recovery from that, no no, no possibility of deliverance. Uh, and so since he's taken away the miraculous spiritual gifts, including demon, uh, casting out demons, then it, it only makes sense that he would also limit Satan and his demons from possessing men's bodies. All right, here's what Ramona says. He says there, she says there were demons during Jesus' time just as there were miracles because the Bible had not yet been put down on paper. But we do have the Bible now, and there's no need for those for proof of God's work. But does this not say that the devil... But this does not say the devil has stopped working. He's very devious now and tries to devour us when we're weak. Okay, good point. Sir. I think that's right. All right. Uh, you got, I think you got one there from Chris to get that one. I'm going to get one here from Randy. All right. Uh, Christians cannot be possessed as they have God, the Holy Spirit, within them, and none else can dwell alongside therein. Of course, if the person is not spiritual, is this true? He references Matthew 12, verses 43 through 45. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest but finds none. Then it says, I'll turn to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept, and put in order. 
Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they will enter and dwell there. The last state of that person is worse than the first, so it will also be with this evil generation. I would just I, that's, use that, that's not talking about demons. That's that is a a, a parallel yeah. of 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 the of the spiritual condition they were in in. in yeah, but but all of that would confirm that yes, we agree that demon possession did exist in the first century. Right. We're not we're not denying that at all. We're yeah. just denying that it happens today. Right. Uh, Randy in Michigan, he quotes Mark sixteen seventeen <clears throat> through twenty, which we were talking about earlier. The the signs and the reason for the signs, uh, and Hebrews two one through four. Uh, he, he says the signs were done to confirm what was spoken. Uh, signs were done to prove the message was from God. Uh, God's holy word has been confirmed. No longer, no need for signs or for demon possession, he says. Okay. We're going to take right. a break, and when we get back, we've got to get on the idea of suicide. Brittany Maynard, 29, committed suicide because she wanted to die with dignity. Is that acceptable? Is it okay to end your life if you are in certain cases of maybe terminal illness or other dire situations? All right. We'll go to the top of the hour right after this. Don't go anywhere. We're back after these messages. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again. Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. (laughs) And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. (laughs) And at 9 o'clock. It's the show that Television Magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN. I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 128. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. If you have $3,650, including the value of your home, you're among the wealthiest half of people in all the world. The other half own less than 1% of global wealth. 77% of adults, that's 3.3 billion people, have less than $10,000. The top 10% of people, membership in this group requires $77,000 worth of net worth, hold 87% of the world's wealth. That information is via the UK Telegraph, 101414. The Word of God says in Luke chapter 12, verse 15, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. We're back on the program tonight talking about random subjects, but uh, they're all in the news. And uh, finally tonight we're talking about the suicide death of a young lady in California. Brittany Maynard. Was it you in California? Probably, I think it was yeah. in Oregon. Well, I think she moved to Oregon so I she could so. do this, I okay. think. Okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, this lady, young lady, 29-year-old Brittany Maynard, who claims she had a right to die with dignity. Here's a, here's a news article from CNN. She said, in April, I learned that not only had my brain tumor come back, but it was more aggressive. Doctors gave me a prognosis of six months to live. Uh, because my tumor is large, doctors prescribed full brain radiation. The side effects would be the hair on my scalp would have been singed off. My scalp would be left covered with first-degree burns. My quality of life as I knew it would be gone. After months of research, my family and I reached a heartbreaking conclusion. There's no treatment that would save my life. The recommended treatments would have destroyed the time I had left. Uh, I did not want this nightmare scenario for my family, so I started researching death with dignity. It's an end-of-life option for mentally competent, terminally ill patients with a prognosis of six months or less to live. Uh, she decided death with dignity, she said, was the best option for me. I had to uproot from California to Oregon because Oregon is one of only five states where death with dignity is authorized. Uh, 
Anyway, she found a doctor who would prescribe her the necessary medications, and she took those. I think she died on November the 2nd, so about uh, a little less than two weeks ago. Okay. All uh, right, so what, what about, about that? suicide? Let us know in the chat room tonight. Sign in the chat room tonight um, and let us know what you think about uh, about that. Is it right to die, to commit suicide? We can start, I guess, with that general question. What about suicide? And then is it acceptable in certain circumstances? Well, you know, uh, some people uh, might think that suicide is not mentioned in the Bible, but it actually is mentioned several times. i got a list of some uh, who committed suicide in the Bible. Abimelech, in Judges 9, verses 50 and following, he was the son of Gideon who had killed 70 of his own brothers in order to assure his rule. A, a woman from Thebes dropped a millstone on his head. Uh, he was mortally wounded. He ordered his armor bearer to kill him so it wouldn't be said that a woman had yeah, done so. Yeah, yeah. Samson, uh, in Judges 16, verses 17 and following, he actually committed suicide uh, remember when he was in the temple of the Philistines, he pulled the pillars in on him and them. Of course, he was there as the consequences of his own indiscretions uh, and his arrogant pride. Saul, in 1 Samuel 31, was wounded by the Philistines. He ordered his own death to prevent capture and torture. Uh, Saul's armor bearer then jumped on him, uh, committed suicide as well in, mm-hmm. in the ensuing verses. Ahithophel, in 2 Samuel 17, verse 23, he was a confidant of Absalom who fell from favor. When Absalom was uh, trying to overthrow his father, David, as king, it says he put his house in order and hanged himself, 2 Samuel 17, 23. Zimri, uh, 1 Kings 16, 18, was an army captain who led a coup against King Elah. He killed uh, killed him and usurped the throne. He ruled for only seven days. People rebelled against him, besieged him in the king's house, which he in turn burned down on himself. The most famous suicide in the Bible, no doubt, has to be Judas Iscariot. Mm-hmm. Matthew 27, 5, uh, he hanged himself after having betrayed Jesus. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones I had. You may There may be, somebody may think of others, but those are the ones, that, what it was, Seven of them. More than you would think, just on yeah. the surface. Uh, and so uh, what about suicide? And uh, Daryl Wood in the chat room asked an interesting question. Would it, be, would it make a difference who administers the medicine, yourself or the doctor? Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be suicide if the doctor did it, but it would be murder. Uh, so I don't think it necessarily matters. Yeah. Uh, what about suicide? You know, I, I would be willing to grant that some suicides may be the case of people who are out of their right mind. Deranged. Deranged or insane. It may, I think you'd have to acknowledge that that's a possibility. And in such cases, we're glad to leave God as the judge of such people. If they were not accountable for their mm-hmm. actions, right. then, then we'll let God judge that. He knows perfectly, of course. Yeah. But not everybody who commits suicide is insane. This woman uh, was, it was very calculated. She went through a, a a process and planning. She clearly was not out of her mind. Neither were some of the Bible characters. Did you notice that that uh, Ahithophel, the confidant of Absalom, he put his house in order, then he hanged himself. He, he thought it through. He, he, knew, what he, he, he knew what he was doing. It was it was not a case of insanity. Daryl Woods asked the question: Would it be considered murder in those five states where it's legal? You know, it is legal. Uh, I think this lady went to. Uh, state where it's legal to do this well it might not be considered considered murder by the laws of those states but it would be considered murder by god right you know uh, uh abortion is not considered murder in any state unfortunately in the united states but god still calls it murder Diver- divorce for burning the biscuits is allowed in 50 states but not uh not by god's god law. so what man allows god does not necessarily allow okay uh what verse would you use? We might throw this question out to the chat room. What verse would you use if you were called upon to prove from the Bible that suicide is a sin? Suicide by a right-thinking person yeah. uh, is a sin. Suicide in the case like the one that was in the news with this Brittany Maynard I think is a sin. What verse would you use to prove it? Uh, quick, quick answers in the chat room, and, and and we'll get to your answers. We're just about out of time. All right, Before what we get verse to, are you going to use to show that suicide is wrong? Um, 
Let us know. Uh, you got uh, five minutes here to pull it out. Chris in the UK says, uh, you live with dignity. Of course, you have the right to refuse treatment, have a DNR, do not resuscitate request. But for a doctor to prescribe or administer a death-inducing drug cocktail, no, what happened? What happened to first do no harm? That's what the doctors are supposed to do. Hippocratic oath, is that Yeah. Uh, he, he references Jeremiah, uh, 1023, 2 Kings 5, 7. Um, I, I think there is a difference, Jacob. You know, you might say, you know, if some, someone says to you, you've got six, you've got cancer, you've got six months to live. We can, we can give you this very expensive treatment. It will bankrupt your family and it will probably not be successful and, and you're going to, be, be sick as a dog. I, I think I have the right to say, I, you know, I choose not to take that regimen yeah. of treatments. Yeah. Uh, you know, just let let this take its course. Yeah. I, I think that's allowable. I, I don't know anybody who would object to that, and I don't think that's suicide. That's yeah. just making a judgment, a decision about yeah. medical treatments. A do not resuscitate order. You know, if, if my heart stops beating, uh, you know, I don't want any uh, extreme measures taken to resuscitate me, or uh, if 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 I become comatose, or if I'm unable to eat, I don't want to be force fed. You know, you, you, the, the sort of do not resuscitate kind of order, a living will kind of thing. Yeah. That's not the same as as purposefully ending your life intentionally at a point in time. That's suicide. And I think the Bible says it's wrong. What are the what, what are the verses? The chat room is still silent on. Give that. us a verse. If All it's right. wrong, we got to be able to come up with a verse. All right, uh, we got uh, Ramona in uh, Texas. She goes back to Psalm 23, where it says, "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me." Mrs. Maynard did not have God in her life to lead her, though she says she did. Whereas when we die and we have we and we do have God in life. We will meet, he will meet us on the other side. But when we commit suicide, playing God by choosing the day we die, who are we going to meet on the other side? I don't want to find out. God said we would have, would not have an easy life and the road would be tough. My father died of cancer and had a horrible time with it, but he died a righteous man and is certainly comforted now. Romans 14 verse 7 says, for none of us lives to himself alone and none of us dies to himself alone. Giving and taking life belongs to God, not us. She references 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. In Christ we die physically, but not spiritually. Our souls will go home, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 8. And they will go to be with Christ, Philippians 1, verse 23. Then at the then at the coming uh, then at his coming to earth our bodies will be raised and glorified first Thessalonians Thessalonians four fifteen and sixteen thank you real quick Randy in Michigan says the only right a human has is what God has given him what she did was self murder and those who helped her will have to give an account to God throughout the Bible we're told not to murder he's got a bunch of verses here and he's got the one that I was going to hang my hat on Romans thirteen nine thou shalt not murder. Suicide is self-murder. It's still murder. Uh, and he says the sad thing is there's no way to repent of self-murder, which I think I would agree with, Randy. Thank you for that. Mike uh, in Ohio references 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, which says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? I think that is another one that would uh, apply. Hey, here's a, here's a quick, real quick, we're out of time. Do you know a case of in the, in the New Testament of a guy who almost committed suicide and was talked out of it, and how he was talked out of it. Yeah, Philippian jailer. Philippian jailer. He was ready to commit suicide. Paul talked him out of it by convincing him that the right thing to do was get right with God. And so if we make our life right with God, we really wouldn't have a desire to commit suicide. There you go. All right. And, you know, I was thinking of the, the death of Saul in, in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel 31. That's one. That was a death with dignity thing there. He was worried they were going to come and torture him and make him miserable. Hey, exactly. So, so what did he do? He, he ended his life. He wasn't justified in doing that. You remember in 2 Samuel chapter 1, then uh, a young man comes to David and tries to get brownie points with David, saying that he trying to claim that he had finished off Saul. And, and he, uh, got he, his, he got killed himself. Yeah. Uh, it was not uh, an acceptable thing to do for Saul to kill himself. We're out of time. Did you mention 
in the chat room. Did you mention Mike in Ohio? Yes, I did. First Corinthians six nineteen. John uh, Duval in in uh, Oklahoma says, with the do not resuscitate order, death is certain due to natural causes. It's not a healthy person choosing to terminate their own life. Okay, I think he's right. All right. right. We're out of time. We're out of time. I think those are interesting. All of those were interesting questions in the news lately. Disturbing stories, all of them. Uh, and so, but it was good to talk about them. Yeah. Jeff, thanks for running the board tonight for us. And, Dad, thank you for your time. Good to thanks, have you Thanks, Jacob. And thank you for being here. We hope you enjoyed and benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. We hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.